Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Hockey Journey Podcast, episode number 41. Add one new thing this summer with Rob Palante, presented to you by OnlineHockeyTraining.com. I'm your host, Coach Lance Pitlick. If you're new here, please make sure you subscribe so you won't miss out on any future episodes. As we get ready to pop the cooler top, before we do, if you want to learn more about me, my hockey experiences, what I know, and most importantly, how I've been helping hockey players get really good with a stick and puck, just head on over to OnlineHockeyTraining.com and gain instant access to my 10-part video series where I'll show you everything. Consider it my gift to you. Summer is officially here and is a time when a kid can make some huge gains in a lot of different areas because you don't have the school commitment and for the next few months you have more time in your hands. The question is, are you going to use that time productively or is that time going to use you by wasting it watching others on your smartphone for hours a day growing as an individual at the slowest pace? Today I want to challenge all of you listeners out there, especially the players out there, to add one new thing this summer to your daily schedule that you will spend 15 to 20 minutes a day executing. You have to view this challenge and whatever your goal is in the same light as breathing, eating, and sleeping. It's done every day for the whole summer. I've brought my good buddy back, Rob Palante, from Mindset Body Bank to help give everyone some ideas of what you may want to consider adding to your self-growth equation. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me in welcoming back to the show, Rob Palante. How is Mr. Palante doing today? Uh, <laughs> Mr. Pitlick, well, appreciate being back on the show and the fact that I'm a repeat guest, I am doing awesome. Well, I'm happy to have you here, my friend, um, because the, sorry, I was just getting some water, because the conversations are always, uh, uh, I'm always inspired and I, I get uh, excited to look at my life from a different perspective because of some of the nuggets that you throw out into the old atmosphere there. So uh, as you heard in the, the introduction, uh, summer is a time for players, anyone to well, especially players because of school, but to make some gains in whatever they want to do. And what we're trying to do here today is to encourage everyone. And I, I look at it as habits because there's always, everyone has a bad habit. And maybe let's uh, identify what that is. And that bad habit is something that provides zero uh, growth. Uh, so let's get rid of that. And then our challenge is, is, what are some things that they maybe could add to their daily routine over the course of the summer that uh, highly successful people have implemented already? Uh, some of these people think they're secrets, but they're not. It's it comes down to uh, the execution. So let's start there. You know, how how do you think a player should go into this summer thinking about getting a little better at something? Well, you know what? First of all, Lance, let me just congratulate you on this topic. I think it's something that uh, a lot of athletes um, overlook in their off season. They're they're so focused on you know probably nutrition and their physical workout that I think sometimes they leave out the the mental aspect. And so uh, you know, I'll leave the physical and the nutrition up to those experts. So I'll take a stance from from a from a from a mental performance side and what we can do to enhance that part of the game. 
you know, I, I recently I read a quote by Wayne Gretzky, and he said that you know ninety percent of hockey is is mental, and the other half is physical. So if we if we kind of take that approach to this, you hit on a good thing. You talk about habits and routines. Um, you know, you know from your own experiences how important habits and routines are, and. I think understanding what a good habit and a bad habit is and how we can break a bad habit and change it into a good habit will be important as these young guys, you know, explore what they can add to their success checklist, which is something that I use um, for my athletes going into the summer. Well, you talked about the success checklist. Is that what we're going to cover right now? We can. So let's start with that. And it's for me. It's a it's a very simple. I use just a simple spreadsheet with my athletes, and I start off with what time do you wake up in the morning? Drink a glass of water. Make my bed. The real basic things. Eat a healthy breakfast. You know, uh, include some form of form of exercise, strength training. I create a list for my guys that makes it real simple for them because. You know, being able to have a visual and a little checklist that you can physically put a check mark beside and say, completed, done. Um, you know, you'll at the end of the day before you go to bed, you'll be able to look and see, you know, did I did I complete my activities for the day or you know, did I miss something? And in my program, Mindset Body Bank, Bank, although it's referred to as, you know, could be conceived as monetary, maybe down the road it can be. Bank is, are we making a deposit into ourselves for the day or a withdrawal? And when you look at the success checklist that I lay out for my athletes, it would be from, you know, the beginning of the month to the end of the month. The object of that would be not to have two withdrawal days back to back. And in order to not get a withdrawal date, you have to at least check 75% of the boxes. Some things might not be relevant every day, um, but you know the idea is to be as consistent in your habits and your routines by having this success checklist or accountability checklist. And you can also engage a partner to make sure that you're accountable and keep each other accountable. You know, uh, it's it's so good because... First, when you have that checklist or or the success list, your daily success list, and at the end of the night when you've knocked all those things off, there is not a better feeling. Uh, And it's it's almost your superpower. Um, So that's highly recommend uh, doing that. The other thing that you mentioned that uh, I found out, and it it was something that I, I read consistently, uh, in books, uh, videos, podcasts, is that the importance of mornings because, uh, and you touched on that, but I found that uh, it really does set up the rest of your day. And if you can get a few of those things done before anyone else wakes up, uh, you now can deal with any uh, unforeseen challenges that might pop up during the day. A hundred percent. I think I, I'm, I have, I have become a big believer in uh, a morning routine and an evening routine. I, just as much as you're setting yourself up for success at the beginning of the day, you want to be able to recover and set yourself up for success at the end of the day, right? If you look at an athlete 
um, whether they're in season or out of season. I, I break it down real simple. You've got preparation, compete slash training, and recover. And it's circular. And it starts with a morning routine. It's, you know, the middle of the day could be your, your, your in-game or your competition or your training routine, your mental routine. And then at the end of the day, it's your recovery, your post-game, your, your, your post-workout routine, your sleep routine, which we often gets overlooked. And it becomes circular. So if you haven't created positive habits, and, and I'll talk about the three steps in a habit loop in a second, then you're leaving yourself room to make excuses. And, and, I, and, I, and there's something that there's a little example I like to use to make it real clear and simple with my athletes when you, when you make excuses or we have choices, right? Because all throughout the day, we have a choice to wake up on time or not? Do I drink my glass of water or not? Do I make my bed or not? Do I eat a healthy breakfast or not? By having those early successes, tying this back to our morning routine, you're checking the box really early on and you're setting yourself with intention for the day that it's going to be a successful day. If you break that routine in the morning, that five minutes, that hitting the alarm turns into 10 minutes. That's how we start to create a bad habit. And we can talk in depth about that. Well, the, I think I just read that some somewhere it's called bookending your day. A hundred percent, my friend. Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's amazing for me how, uh, you know, you, you, get, you get into a groove and just there's this momentum that happens, you know, that you, you might want to improve some area in your life, but you got your morning locked in and then all of a sudden something in the afternoon starts clicking for you and it just steamrolls. Absolutely. And that's what we want to be able to do. We want to be able to create momentum. And that momentum starts from the time we wake up and we put our feet on the floor, you know, and and we, we attack our day. And if we think about it in that manner, then I think what it does is it it starts to propel itself and that momentum will carry itself throughout the day. And it all starts with a choice. What time do I wake up at? Right. I use a real simple analogy with uh, the guys that I work with. Uh, um, Lance, if I was to hold up an apple and a bag of Doritos, and I said to you, which one is healthier? Apple. The apple. It's obvious, right? And the, the challenge is, throughout the day, every choice we make is either going to be apple or Doritos. At some point, what happens, though, is we might slip. And that's okay. We don't want to beat ourselves up on it, but we might choose the Doritos. The challenge is how do we get back to the apple? Because, you know, and let's use the scenario of waking up. Say we we want to wake up every day at, let's say, 6 a.m. One day you hit the alarm. Now it's 6.10. You hit it one more time. It's 20 after another time. Now it's 6.30. Now you've lost a half hour. Okay, so you get up. You go through your day. Nothing has challenged you really other than the fact that you slept in for that extra half hour. Well, now your brain is telling you the next morning you start to negotiate with yourself. Well, yesterday I hit the snooze alarm a couple of times and nothing in my day was affected. So I'm going to hit it again. So you're choosing the Doritos. The challenge is now we're starting to create a bad habit. 
And sooner or later, we're going to find ourselves back in a bag of Doritos, looking back one month, two months, a year ago, saying, God, I wish I chose the apple. And that's understanding the three steps that are involved in a habit loop, trigger, routine, and reward. Powerful. So next day, I want to kind of go into a little bit of the importance of writing down goals. Uh, and there's a few things, you know, I, I listed five things here, of, you know, why it's important for you. It helps you get clear on what you want. It helps you stay motivated. It helps you narrow your focus. It gives you realistic timeframes to work toward, and it allows you to celebrate progress. But the biggest bonus for writing down your goals and looking at them daily is, is because if you do, you are 42% more likely to achieve your goals because you've physically written them down. Uh, I, started, I started writing down uh, goals and tell people to, to do the same because it, it, it's pretty powerful when you do that. It's very powerful. And, and there's a little saying that I heard once and I wrote, I, I write down all these things. <laughs> I write down all these things in, in, a, in a little notebook or on my phone. Writing is the thinking part of learning. Writing is the thinking part of learning. When we write, like you said, it intensifies the opportunities for success. What you're doing is you're contextualizing those thoughts, you're putting them into words, and you're putting intention and power behind the thought. We've all heard that saying, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. When you start to write, you're, you're um, increasing the opportunities for success because it's actually the cognitive part of your brain and your body working together. Very interesting. So uh, talk about writing the goals down and stuff. Um, here's one thing that, that players can add, and I, I've tried it a little bit, but I, I just uh, it didn't work for me uh, because of other things that I had going on, and you got to choose. Uh, most of the time work takes over, but What's how important is journaling? You know, touch on that a little bit there, Bob. Yeah, um, you, you know, I think people get this impression of journaling. It's that you know you have to spill your guts out and um, you know write everything down. And it, you know, I don't have the time to commit to writing a journal every day. A, a journal could be as much as writing down you know two or three things that you. You want to accomplish. It could be writing down a few ideas from the day. It could be putting thoughts onto paper. Like I said, what it does is it, it, it helps to contextualize the thoughts in your brain. You know, I mentioned this uh, um, maybe the last time we were on. Our brain works, you know, in a way that will process somewhere between 15,000 and 60,000 thoughts a day. We can only hold one thought at a time. And of those 50 to 60,000 thoughts, 85% of those are going to be negative and 95% of those negative thoughts are repetitive. If we're finding ourselves in a bad place, our thoughts will start to compound and we'll try in our mind to rationalize through them 
and being able to only hold on to one thought at a time makes it very confusing. We get what's called monkey brain, where your thoughts are bouncing around from one thought to another. When you journal, when you write, when you put those thoughts into paper and you contextualize those words, you will find that you are able to make more sense out of your thoughts and either add to, eliminate, or, or change the way that you think by simply writing down your thoughts. I think that's the power of journaling. The other thing for an athlete that I think it does is, and I know players that have done this, is they will write, you know, they'll write how they felt during a workout, during a practice, and they'll also journal before and after games. It becomes, you'll start to see um, that your behaviors and the feelings you had on the successful days and those successful competitions will repeat itself. And by being able to write them down and going back and reviewing, God, you know, two weeks ago I had a really great game or I had an awesome practice. I felt really good. Well, what did I do during that day? What did I eat? What time did I wake up? What was my sleep like? Those are simple things that you can jot down. I use a one-pager with a lot of my athletes where they just write down, you know, what time did I go to bed? How many hours was I on my phone? That's a big thing. We could talk a whole bunch about phone usage, and you, you touched on that earlier. How many hours was I on my phone yesterday? Um, you know, how did I feel? Was I grateful for my day? Did I, did I, was I thankful? Was I helpful? Was I a servant? Um, or was I, was I just taking during the day? All of those things can lead to positive physical experiences or negative physical experiences. You know, you talk about how uh, how much time is spent on those handheld devices. And I recently, within probably the last year or two, really cut back on that thing interrupting my day. And what, what, it is, what I realized is that, you know, I wasn't giving myself dedicated time just to think and ponder. Uh, and I, I, I look at the kids today, you know, are they, I remember sitting as a kid in my room, you know, you didn't have the internet or anything. It was just Aquaman and me and my imagination, <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's it. and a shark and, you know, saving the world. But, uh, yeah. you know, do you think kids, you know, have time to, where they just sit and think nowadays? I, I, I think it's a becoming a bigger problem and. Um, you could probably do a whole other podcast and we can talk about that. There is a challenge out there right now today with kids and their phones. And I'll share one extreme situation with a uh, young athlete, young hockey player that I was working with one-on-one. Um, uh, -on -one. His, his dad had engaged me. I worked with his team. He said, you know, my son needs some one-on-one -on -one time. Um, I had a hard time connecting with this, this boy uh, in the fact that um, I found him not always responsive. Um, I could tell in the video chats that I was on, his eyes were going down to his phone. So one day when I was, I was in the gym with him and his father, and I asked him to pull out his phone. And I said, I want you to look at how many hours on average during the last week that you have been on your phone per day. He all of a sudden got really squeamish and his dad was looking. 
he opened up his phone reluctantly and he, you know, he switched over to, you know, the, on his iPhone, the, the, the screen that shows you your screen time. Lance, this was a 15 year old boy in his OHL draft year who was on his phone for 10 on average, 10 and a half hours a day, a day, a day. Uh, now, red flag, red flag. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now you figure from the time you wake up, maybe to the time you go to bed, you know, you've got practice, you've got school. You, this, he was on his phone for probably 90% of the time that he was awake. Wow. A quick word from our sponsor, Sniper's Edge Hockey. Sniper's Edge Hockey is your one-stop shop for your at-home hockey training needs on and off the ice. Find the perfect start to your at-home training area with slick tiles, synthetic ice, or a rink liner. Or upgrade your home setup with one of our top quality training tools to help you work on soft hands, all of your deeks and dangles, perfect your one-timer, and improve the power and accuracy of your shot. Find it all online and in stock for immediate shipping at snipersedgehockey.com. We know that the phones are, they can be a great asset, but they also can be for such a distraction. So major distraction. Uh, uh, let's just take a break for a, a short second on the mind and go to some physical things. So one thing that someone can learn how to do this summer, and I, I taught myself how to, is to learn how to juggle. Uh, did you ever learn how to juggle? I mean, you see Ryan O'Reilly, you know, during the playoffs, he's always juggling something with his stick or with his hands. Uh, did you ever learn yeah. how to juggle? I never did. I never did. Maybe that's I, I pick be... up the ball, but I never, but, but, but in all fairness, I never committed to learn it. Yeah. So you, uh, I think you got your summer challenge for you. Learn how to Are juggle. Are you issuing summer. me a summer challenge to learn to juggle? I I'll think accept. so. I think so. I will, I will accept. Okay. All right. So just uh, all I did was this went to you, YouTube and, you know, teach me to juggle or whatever and watch a couple videos and then just started putting in the time. Uh, bean bags. You got to get a set of bean bag uh, juggling things because you don't want to okay. have like tennis balls or stuff like that. So, yeah, that's a. Uh, you know, some easy skill like that, great hand-eye coordination. So maybe consider that, all of you out there, uh, to, to join Rob and uh, learn how to juggle this summer. So talk to me a little bit about um, kind of, well, I know it's important, but the, the difference between visualization and meditation, because this could also be something that uh, players might want to investigate. Uh, 100%. And um scientific studies are backing the power of visualization and meditation. Now, the, the real difference is, you know, with a visualization practice um, for an athlete, one of the things or, or what you can incorporate is a, what I would call a highlight reel and an adversity reel that you can play out in your mind at any given time. You know, the more structure you have in your day, then, you you know, we go back to that success checklist. It might be, you know, 10 minutes of visualization and 10 minutes of meditation. The visualization part is can be used in any situation, either prior to uh, prior to competition, after, um, you know, in the morning. The highlight reel is where you you pick out three to five plays in your mind that might be from your past. 
and how they how you executed really well. And, and you go through those in your mind. And when you're doing your visualization practice, it's very important that you try and call in all five of your senses. You know, touch, sound, um, feel, uh, smell, sight, the things you see. You know, like for, for example, a hockey player, it might be feeling the ice underneath their skates, how they're gripping their stick. You know, feeling the wind in their in their face as they're as they're heading down the ice, feeling the puck on their stick as they're going through that highlight reel, noticing where players were on the ice for that particular play. Um, the adversity part of it is very similar because you know it might be where's a situation where it didn't turn out so well. Play that out in your mind and then finish it with, what are my options? Well, it didn't turn out when I did it this way. What could I have done better? And then play out that visualization of what you can do to, to correct that situation. The way our mind works is it doesn't know the difference between physical practice and mental practice. And this was shown by a study back in the 70s through three groups of basketball players who are throwing free throws. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, uh, th this study, Lance. But they took three groups of basketball players, and the first group, they said, we want you to throw free throws for an hour. We're going to measure your, um, your accuracy, and then you're going to go away for two weeks and practice your free throws every day for an hour, and then you're going to come back and we're going to test the increase or decrease in your productivity. The second group, they did the same thing, throw free throws for an hour, but instead they sent them away and said, we want you to visualize free throws, how the ball feels, the mechanics of your arm, where your feet are, the release, the sound of the ball going into the net. Visualize that every day for 30 minutes and then come back and we're going to see if there was an improvement. And the third group was, you know, they measured their accuracy on day one. They went, they were sent away to do nothing and then come back and see if there was any improvement. Well, you know, obviously the group that physically practiced every day had the most increase, 24% increase in their free throw percentage. The second group was the visualization. And if I was to ask you, Lance, what do you think the increase in their their percentage was, what would you guess? I'm going to guess 35%. Well, if the first group did 24%, these guys came in at 23. Then I totally screwed up that uh, number. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. But, but the, and the, obviously the, the last group that didn't practice. So that to me, you know, and they've done, they've done studies like this over and over again. That shows the power of the mind and visualization. And we know that a lot of the elite athletes today are making time every day to go through their highlight reels and their adversity reels. The, part, the good part about the adversity reel is when you're in those situations, again, they're not foreign anymore. Your body is, is going to say to itself, ah, I know what's happening here, and I know how to correct it. That's the power of visualization. Meditation, the difference is, I would say, this is just going to a place where, you know, and, and I use a different, I'll use either the Headspace app or the Calm app, and just find 10 minutes in my day, and just to relax and not think, not visualize, just focus on my breathing. 
and just focus on a point in my breathing where it could be the exhale, the inhale, or it could be that pause at the end of the inhale or the end of the exhale and try and focus on that for 10 minutes. That's meditation. And that would be my, my 35,000 foot view difference of the, the, the difference between the two. Uh, the power of visualization. I remember reading uh, the, you ever read the chicken soup for the soul series by Jack Canfield at all? Yeah. Uh, there was one, yeah. there was one story in there of a POW who every day uh, he would walk his hometown golf course and play a round of golf. Yeah. And after however long, you know, when he got released and uh, freed, he uh, and got healthy again, he went and played golf. And I think he shot par, or, you know, <laughs> and hadn't golfed in years. Yeah. But in, he golfed in his mind every day for, for all these years. I mean, the, the power of the mind is, 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 is amazing. It really is incredible. And, and it's, it's a skill that we often overlook because we're so focused on competing physically that we give up, we sacrifice the mental part of our training. And that's, yeah. And why do you think that is? Is that, is that a learned behavior? Is that laziness? I I don't, I don't think it's laziness, Lance. I think it's just, we're, we're learning more about the mind as we go on, you know, and, 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 you know, if you look back at the way we trained when we were younger and the way kids are training today, everything is evolving. And I think we have to remain open-minded in a growth mindset that there's more to learn, that our mind is a very powerful tool and that sports isn't just one based on who's bigger, stronger, faster. Because if you look at the best athletes in the world, in their sports, you know, arguably call it Wayne Gretzky or, you know, Michael Jordan, they weren't always the biggest, the strongest or the fastest, but they had a mental aspect of their game that could carry them above and beyond the limitations of their physical uh, aspects. And when we learn to embrace that and bring the two together, it's a powerful combination. And I think we're just start, we're just on the cusp of it. So Awesome. Uh, next let's talk, you know, what your thoughts are, uh, self-improvement learning, listening to podcasts, YouTube videos, uh, you know, hearing motivational speeches, uh, videos or podcasts on productivity or leadership. Uh, should that be something that, uh, kids should be thinking about adding on a daily basis, a little bit of time too? So, so let's go back to the apple and the Doritos. We know that the apple is healthy for us, right? We know that that's good for our body. We know that that'll, that'll produce a better result long-term eating an apple a day than a bag of Doritos a day. The same thing goes for your mind. Garbage in, garbage out. What you feed your mind is just as important as what you feed your body. The music you listen to, the podcasts you listen to, the, the books you read, these all are food for our brain and for our mind. It's just as important that we put positive and reinforcing um, uh, uh, books and podcasts and reading into our daily diet as we do nutritional foods into our body. 
It is, and it's it's never been easier to consume content uh, than it is today. Uh, it's but again, it's are we consuming content that is is the bag of Doritos, or are we uh, going for the apple? It's choices. Um, it's it choices. Is. We all have that choice, right? And that's an example. That's a great example. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be in the car for an hour. Do I want to listen to, you know, some rap music, which I'm not disputing the, the positivity or negativity of rap music for an hour? Um, or do I want to take a half an hour of that hour and listen to something that's going to improve my mind and then enjoy the music afterwards or vice versa? It's so true. So I uh, just launched a podcast and I did a uh, a book review. One of the books that I reviewed was The Five Major Pieces to the Life Puzzle by Jim Rohn. Have you ever read that? I have not. I'm familiar with it. It's on my so list. He, ha he has this uh, this quote that uh, pain, pain weights, uh, discipline equals ounces and regret equals tons. So basically what he's saying is that at some point in your life, uh, usually later in life when you've had some experiences along the way, but you'll, you'll have to experience one of two pains, uh, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And the difference between them is the, the pain of discipline that, that dull pain that you have on a daily basis to, to complete your success list. We're not excited every day. Uh, that, that's, that weighs ounces. That's dull. But when you look back and you have regret, that weighs tons. And, uh, you know, I read, I read that and I'm like, wow, okay. I, I'm looking at the, I'm looking through this lens a little differently now. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, there, I, I use a saying called, you know, with my athletes, when they start to com complain about time or decisions, I, I said, as an athlete or, or anybody who wants to be successful, you know, I know we talk a lot about hockey players and athletes, but this is for anybody. Sometimes you have to embrace the suck because it's on the other side of adversity that we find opportunity. And if we're not challenging ourselves and putting ourselves and stepping outside of that comfort zone into a, an area that, that forces us to grow, we're always going to remain the same. And we know that doing the same thing over and over again every day and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? So for the extremists out there, because I, I think of you often when, uh, uh, Seven is what is it? Seventy-five strong or seventy-five hard? Yeah, seventy-five hard. So, if we got a few extremists out there, uh, tell our viewers what seventy-five hard is. Uh, seventy-five hard was a challenge created by a gentleman named Andy Frisella. He owns a uh, sports nutrition company called First Form, and um, and seventy-five hard is is grown and grown and grown now in popularity. The first 75 days, there are uh, a list of things that you need to accomplish every day. And it would be drink a gallon of water, read 10 pages of a self-help or a book or, or um, you know, one of the, the books that we've been talking about, uh, self-improvement. 
Um, you have no alcohol. You have to eat a clean, you can't have any cheat meals. So you have to be on a diet. It doesn't say what diet, but you have to eat a clean diet. Um, you have to take a picture of yourself and you have to do two workouts a day, one 45 minute workout inside and one 45 minute workout outside. Once you cross or check, uh, cross each one of those off or check the boxes, that's day one. The catch to 75 hard is you have to do every one of those things every day for 75 days. If you miss one of those things on a particular day, you have to go back to day one and start over. Wow. So I've done the 75 hard program three times. The extension of that is a program called Live Hard, where you do 75 days and then you take a day off and you go into phase one, which is 30 days. Then you take a month off, you go into phase two, which is 30 days. You take another month off and you go into phase three, which is 30 days. And you should end up back on the anniversary of 75 Heart. So I've done the full Live Hard program once and 75 Hard three times. Wow. What uh, what were some of the the things that came out of that? Like, like when you accomplished it for the first time, I mean, obviously you're physically a different person at the end of that, but did you accomplish some other things pretty significant as a carryover for, for the discipline and the, the commitment to it? A hundred percent. That's a great question because everybody notices the physical right away. I went from 245 down to 218 in the 75 days. Um, that was the least of the successes I think that I got out of that, that program, the, the mental toughness, the pushing yourself to complete things because look at, you know, there's only so much time every day and you, you know, we, we, we have family commitments, work, there's all kinds of things going on. So you have to be diligent in how you schedule your day. Sometimes I would be doing my 11, my, my outdoor workout in February at 11 o'clock, you know, uh, for 45 minutes in, in minus 15 degree Celsius <laughs> weather here in Canada right? You bundle up and you go do it and you check the box and you push yourself. You step outside of that comfort zone. You'll be surprised at what you can accomplish when you lead with your mind and not your body because your body will want to quit and your mind's got to drag you through it. So coming out of that, the, the discipline, um, the commitment, the use of, of checklists, this is where I come up with a lot of the things that, that now are part of my program. Um, you know, so, so there were so many benefits, not just the physical part of it. Uh, again, I just, there's so many things out there to, to become someone that's going to leave a mark in this world. And again, we don't want to have regrets. So anything else you can come up with, uh, that we can pass on to our listeners, Rob, as far as, uh, what they could possibly add this new thing, this new productive habit to the, to their life here for the number for the summer, just to, to to commit to something for a period of time and see what the view looks like when that's all done. You know, you know, here's here's one easy thing, and you know, I start a lot of my athletes off with this this idea: how you do one thing should be how you do everything. If we can think about 
from the time we wake up in the morning to the time we go to bed, can we raise our standard? The way we live, the way we do things, can we walk into a room and leave it better than the way we entered it? And that might be simple things for some young athletes around the house. And it might be just waking up and making your bed so your mom doesn't have to do it. Putting your dishes away so your mom and dad don't have to do it. Tidying up the front door, hanging your backpack, you know, just raise the standard of how you do everything and watch how that touches every aspect of your life, not just outside of the sports arena, but inside the sports arena. And it becomes infectious to the people around you. So I challenge everybody, raise your standard. And one easy way to do that, uh, a little hacker is to to surround yourself with like-minded people or driven people because uh, I don't know if many people know it out there, but uh, statistics studies have shown that you will be the average of the five closest people you hang out with the most. So pick your friends uh, wisely. I think that's a great it's a it's a great note to leave it on and not just your friends Lance but that could also be you know we're talking about what we consume throughout the day through social media and the music we listen to and the things that influence us mentally do a checklist on the things that you're you know eliminate the the negativity and the things that you're feeling you're filling your brain with the negative social media and all of those sort of things and that will also lead to what you who and what you surround yourself with absolutely well dude you uh never disappoint another fantastic conversation uh if people want to learn a little bit more about you where can they find you rob uh instagram at Mindset Body Bank, um, Facebook at Mindset Body Bank, my website at Mindset Body Bank. I will put all of those into the description. And uh, let's just keep this ball rolling, man. Uh, if, yeah. if something pops up, and I'm going to have you on the show again because I, I love chatting with you. There, there's this fantastic messaging every single episode. And you are just someone who gives and wants to help others through our experiences to, to make their life a little easier, a little better, a little more fulfilling and enjoyable. That is uh, my, my goal, my friend, like you, is to be a servant leader and, uh, and leave this place just a little better than I found it. Well, perfect. Thanks again for being here, Rob. Uh, continued success. Let me know if I can do anything for you in the short term, and we will chat later. Lance, always a pleasure. Um, I appreciate the opportunity speaking with you, and I look forward to the next time we can uh, we can help some young minds and, and young athletes develop into something better. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Here's to identifying one bad habit, eliminating it, and replace it with one new thing this summer that helps you grow as a person and gets you closer to accomplishing your goals. Well, that concludes another episode of the Hockey Journey Podcast. I can't thank you enough for stopping by and listening. I hope you pulled something positive from the conversation, and if you think there's someone in your circle of family and friends that might like this episode as well, please share it with just one person. It will really help me in growing this hockey community. Again, I appreciate you being here. 
Don't forget to subscribe, rate, or submit a review. I hope to see you back here soon, and do me a favor, make someone close to you smile today. All the best, my friends.